This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of soft tissue sarcoma from the pathology section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick summary. Soft tissue sarcomas are rare, malignant soft tissue tumors comprising of a variety of subtypes distinguished by histological findings. The condition usually presents in patients greater than 15 years old with a slow-growing, painless soft tissue mass. Diagnosis is made by biopsy and histological findings. Treatment usually involves mass excision and radiation therapy. Now, let's get into the episode. With respect to epidemiology, the incidence of soft tissue sarcoma is 7,000 new cases per year in the United States. As far as demographics, males are more affected than females, and 85% occur in patients over the age of 15 years old. In terms of anatomic location, 60% of soft tissue sarcomas occur in the extremities. Moving on to the etiology, as far as genetics, classic translocations of soft tissue sarcomas include an X18 translocation with an SYT-SSX fusion, which is indicative of synovial sarcoma, a 213 translocation, which is indicative of alveolar rhabdomyosarcoma, and a 1216 translocation at Q13P11 is indicative of myxoid liposarcoma. Associated conditions with soft tissue sarcomas include neurofibromatosis type 1, specifically a malignant peripheral nerve sheath tumor, otherwise known as MPNST, and Stewart-Treves syndrome, which involves angiosarcoma. As far as the classification of soft tissue sarcoma, the classification is based on histology with over 50 types recognized. All soft tissue sarcomas have the same presentation, imaging, differential diagnosis, and treatment. Know that histologic findings and molecular signatures are used to distinguish individual types. Commonly tested soft tissue sarcomas include undifferentiated pleomorphic sarcoma, or UPS, which was previously known as malignant fibrous histiocytoma, malignant peripheral nerve sheath tumor, or MPNST, synovial sarcoma, liposarcoma, rhabdomyosarcoma, fibrosarcoma, leiomyosarcoma, epithelioid sarcoma, angiosarcoma, dermatofibrosarcoma pertuberans, clear cell sarcoma, and alveolar soft part sarcoma, or ASPS. And we'll talk about all of these soft tissue sarcomas in more detail in separate podcast episodes. As far as classification of soft tissue sarcomas, the one to know is the AJCC staging system for soft tissue sarcoma of the extremity or trunk. And this is divided into four stages. Let's go over the differences between each of these stages with respect to size, lymph node involvement, metastasis, and grade. So stage 1 is subdivided into two subtypes, stage 1A and stage 1B. Stage 1A corresponds to a tumor size of less than 5 centimeters. As far as lymph node involvement, there is none or unknown in stage 1A, there is no metastasis, and the grade is low. Stage 1B corresponds to a tumor size of greater than 5 centimeters. The lymph node involvement is also none or unknown in stage 1B, there is no metastasis, and the grade is low. Stage 2 corresponds to a tumor size of less than 5 centimeters. Lymph node involvement is none slash unknown. The metastasis is none. However, the grade is intermediate slash high. Stage 3 is subdivided into two subtypes, stage 3A and stage 3B. Stage 3A has a tumor size between 5 to 10 centimeters, and the lymph node involvement is none slash unknown. There is no metastasis, and the grade is intermediate slash high. Stage 3B corresponds to a tumor size of greater than 10 centimeters. There's also no or unknown lymph node involvement. There is no metastasis, and the grade is intermediate slash high. Finally, stage 4 is subdivided into two subtypes, stage 4A and stage 4B. Stage 4A can have any tumor size. There is regional lymph node involvement. There is no metastasis, 
and the grade can be any grade. Finally, stage 4B also corresponds to any tumor size. There may be any type of lymph node involvement. Metastasis is present, and the grade can be any grade. Moving on to the presentation of soft tissue sarcoma, in terms of history, there may be a history of trauma that draws attention to the mass. Symptoms in these patients typically include a slow-growing, painless mass, and know that incidental trauma often draws attention to the mass. On physical exam, inspection may reveal a mass that may be palpable, and know that lack of ecchymosis suggests an encapsulated mass, which could contradict the diagnosis of hematoma, which typically presents with ecchymosis after trauma. In the setting of a palpable soft tissue lesion, differentiation of whether a mass is above or below the fascia has prognostic importance. A size of greater than 5 centimeters in cross-section is a poor prognostic factor. Know that soft tissue sarcoma can be confused with more common pathology, like lipoma and hematoma. Moving on to imaging, be sure to obtain plane radiographs in at least two planes for initial workup. A CT of the chest should be obtained to assess for metastatic disease. Note that an MRI is mandatory to evaluate soft tissue lesions in the extremities and determine the treatment algorithm. Findings include a low signal intensity on T1, that is iso-intense with muscle, high signal intensity on T2, and a peripheral enhancing zone as well as a non-enhancing necrotic center with IV gadolinium. Know that an MRI can be diagnostic for the following benign lesions, lipoma, neurolimoma, also known as a schwannoma, and intramuscular myxoma. Know that if an MRI is diagnostic and the mass is benign and symptomatic, then it can be removed without a biopsy. If an MRI is indeterminate or suggestive of sarcoma, then a core needle or open biopsy must be obtained before further treatment is initiated. Soft tissue sarcomas can look similar to hematomas, so be cautious of a hematoma which occurs without trauma. Moving on to the histology of soft tissue sarcoma, this is determined by the type of sarcoma. Be sure to study the different histological appearances under the soft tissue sarcoma topic on orthobullets.com or the mobile app. As far as the differential diagnosis for soft tissue sarcoma, you can differentiate from a benign soft tissue mass with MRI and biopsy, and the differential diagnosis includes hematoma, lipoma, intramuscular myxoma, hemangioma of soft tissue, calcifying aponeurotic fibroma, plantar fibromatosis, otherwise known as Lederhose disease, extra abdominal desmoid tumor, nodular fasciitis, neurofibroma, neurolemoma, and neuroma. The treatment of soft tissue sarcoma is operative. A biopsy is indicated whenever there is a mass concerning for malignancy after clinical and radiological workup. As far as outcomes, know that you will achieve best results if the biopsy is done at the institution where definitive surgery will take place under a multidisciplinary team. Moving on to wide surgical resection and radiation therapy, this is standard of care in most cases. And know that treatment must be based on a tissue diagnosis unless images are diagnostic, for example in the setting of a lipoma. Radiation is an important adjunct to surgery, decreasing local recurrence. Chemotherapy is controversial for soft tissue sarcomas, however is considered standard of care for rhabdomyosarcoma and Ewing sarcoma. As far as outcomes of wide surgical resection and radiation therapy, this reduces the risk of local recurrence to less than 10%. Moving on to amputation, this is indicated when otherwise unable to resect a tumor with negative margins, and this is most frequently indicated with soft tissue sarcomas in the foot. Another indication for amputation is resection would result in irreversible damage to major nerves, and in the setting where patient comorbidities limit potential for recovery after limb-sparing surgery. As far as outcomes of amputation, these patients have a good prognosis in the absence of metastatic disease. 
Finally, let's talk about surgical resection of lung metastases, which is indicated as the first line for pulmonary metastases if the pre-op evaluation shows that complete resection is possible. As far as outcomes, this is curative in up to 25% of patients. Now, let's go over some of these surgical techniques in a bit more detail. Starting with the biopsy, the approach will be a longitudinal incision. Note that transverse incisions are contraindicated due to a need for a wider resection at the time of surgery. As far as the technique, use the anatomic route that limits contamination of compartments and neurovascular structures. Also maintain meticulous hemostasis, use a knife or curette to remove the tissue, Drains should be placed distal and in line with the surgical incision to allow removal of the drain site with an extensile incision. Moving on to wide resection and radiation therapy, the approach will use an elliptical incision used to incorporate the biopsy and drain sites. As far as the technique, in terms of resection, be sure to use a tourniquet without exsanguination. Of course, you will maintain meticulous hemostasis and meticulous dissection to ensure wide margins must confirm the border is free of disease with histology. Therefore, a frozen section can be used to ensure margins are free of tumor. Know that in terms of radiation, 50 grays preoperatively and 66 grays postoperatively is the standard dose for soft tissue sarcomas. Know that timing of radiation does not impact overall survival. Finally, moving on to amputation. As far as the approach, the level and incision is guided by advanced imaging to ensure negative margins. As far as the technique, again, you will use a tourniquet without exsanguination, just like in a wide resection. You will maintain meticulous hemostasis, and meticulous dissection should be done to ensure wide margins, and you must confirm a border free of disease with histology. A frozen section can be used to ensure margins are free of tumor. Finally, moving on to surgical resection of lung metastases, the technique involves a wedge resection or lobectomy. Now, let's talk about some complications of soft tissue sarcoma. We'll go over radiation-induced complications, recurrence, and unplanned excision. Starting with radiation-induced complications, know that preoperative radiotherapy is associated with a greater than 30% risk for wound complications. Postoperative radiotherapy is associated with greater radiation-induced morbidity and an increased risk of radiation-induced sarcoma. Early effects include desquamation, delayed wound healing, and infection. Late effects include fibrosis, post-radiation fracture, and possible secondary sarcoma. Radiation-induced complications can also include post-radiation sarcoma. Moving on to recurrence, know that there is local recurrence of less than 10% with radiation and surgery. Following surgery, the most common location for recurrence of a low-grade soft tissue sarcoma is locally. Finally, moving on to unplanned excision, you should obtain a CT of the chest, abdomen, and pelvis to exclude metastasis. An MRI of the limb should be done to determine the degree of contamination, postoperative changes, and to assess margins. Revision surgery will include limb salvage plus radiation therapy or amputation. Know that an unplanned excision is associated with higher plastic reconstruction of the affected region. Finally, let's end this review session talking about prognosis of soft tissue sarcoma. So as far as the natural history of the disease, this is often a slow-growing painless mass, metastasis is most commonly to the lung, and there is a 5% lymph node metastasis, which is most commonly epithelioid, synovial, angiosarcoma, rhabdomyosarcoma, and clear cell sarcoma. As far as prognostic variables, the tumor stage is the most important prognostic factor. Poor prognostic factors include high-grade, metastatic disease, tumor size of greater than 5 centimeters, tumor location below the deep fascia, delay in diagnosis, and an unplanned excision, which is the most common error in soft tissue sarcoma treatment. Know that referral to an orthopedic oncologist for multidisciplinary workup and repeat excision is critical. 
As far as survival with treatment, again, there is less than 10% local recurrence with surgery and radiation. However, there is a mortality up to 50% with high-grade disease. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. All of the following soft tissue tumors are treated with wide excision and radiotherapy except, and the choices are one, round cell liposarcoma, two, fibrosarcoma of the soft tissue, three, well-differentiated liposarcoma, four, synovial sarcoma, and five, pleomorphic liposarcoma. The correct answer to this question is three, well-differentiated liposarcoma. So all of the listed soft tissue tumors are treated with wide excision and radiotherapy except well-differentiated liposarcomas, aka atypical lipomas, which are treated with excision alone. To quickly review, patients with soft tissue tumors often present with a painless enlarging soft tissue mass. Sarcomas are frequently large, which is defined as greater than 5 centimeters, firm, and deep. Plain radiographs and an MRI are required to characterize the lesion and display the surrounding anatomy. Sarcomas often appear dark on T1 MR images and bright on T2 MR images. If the MRI is indeterminate, then the patient requires an open or needle biopsy. The majority of soft tissue tumors are treated with wide excision and radiotherapy before or after surgery. Well-differentiated liposarcomas are low-grade sarcomas that behave similarly to lipomas, having a low recurrence rate of 2%, with metastasis being extremely rare. These soft tissue tumors are therefore treated with excision alone. Gilbert et al. reviewed soft tissue tumors. They report that common sites of involvement are the extremities, trunk, head, and neck. They suggest that sarcoma, size, location, grade, histological subtype, and stage, as well as age and comorbidities influence the management approach selected and resulting outcome. Potter et al. retrospectively examined local recurrence after unplanned excision of high-grade soft tissue sarcoma in patients. Local recurrence was 6% after planned excision and 34% after unplanned excision. Patients with unplanned excisions undergoing limb salvage were more likely to require flap coverage slash skin grafting, that is 30% versus 5%. Residual disease at the tumor bed predicted local recurrence and decreased survival. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, round cell liposarcoma is incorrect as these are poorly differentiated liposarcomas treated with wide excision and radiotherapy. Answer 2, fibrosarcoma of the soft tissue is incorrect, as these are also treated with wide excision and radiotherapy. Answer 4, synovial sarcoma is incorrect, as these are also treated with wide excision and radiotherapy. And finally, answer 5, pleomorphic liposarcoma is incorrect, as these are high-grade liposarcomas treated with wide excision and radiotherapy. And moving on to the final question, a 58-year-old man presents to your clinic with a 4-centimeter deep mass in his left eye. It has been slowly expanding over the last six months. Radiographs show no evidence of bony involvement or soft tissue calcifications within the lesion. Which of the following is most appropriate at this time? And the choices are one, repeat clinical examination and radiographs in six months, two, contrast enhanced MRI scan, three, fine needle aspiration, four, core biopsy, and five, excisional biopsy. The correct answer to this question is two, contrast-enhanced MRI scan. So the clinical picture is concerning for a soft tissue sarcoma. After radiographs have been obtained, the next most appropriate step is to obtain an MRI scan to further characterize the soft tissue mass and plan a biopsy. 
Soft tissue sarcomas typically present as enlarging, painless masses. Initial workup of a suspected soft tissue sarcoma starts with radiographs to rule out bony involvement and look for diagnostic clues such as intralesional calcifications. After radiographs have been obtained, a contrast-enhanced MRI scan is the next most appropriate step in the workup. If the MRI scan is diagnostic and the mass is benign and symptomatic, excision of the mass can be entertained without obtaining a biopsy. If the MRI scan is indeterminate, a core needle or open biopsy should be obtained before treatment is initiated. Biopsy should not be done before cross-sectional imaging is performed. Demas et al. conduct a prospective evaluation of 40 patients with soft tissue sarcomas to determine the reliability of CT and MRI scan at quantifying the amount of local disease. MRI and CT were comparable in many areas, but they found MRI scan to be superior in surgical planning secondary to better anatomical detail provided. They conclude that it is the ideal study for local evaluation of soft tissue sarcomas. Gilbert et al. review soft tissue sarcomas including their presentation and treatment. MRI scans should be performed before the removal of any deep soft tissue mass or large superficial mass defined as greater than 5 centimeters. When MRI of the lesion is indeterminate, biopsy becomes necessary to provide a diagnosis. That's all for this review about soft tissue sarcoma. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com. And in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.